Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. To learn more about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, Texas, visit our website at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. All right. Good morning, church family. Uh, if you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks. I'm the lead pastor on the teaching team. Uh, if you have your Bible, grab it. We'll be in John chapter 20 this morning. John chapter 20. We're going to get 1, verse 1 through 18. Uh, just a few more announcements on top of announcements. So next week, here, ne- next weekend, if you weren't listening, is Easter weekend. Uh, that's a big weekend. We kind of, that's like Super Bowl. Uh, that's a bad reference because it's way bigger than the Super Bowl. Jesus rose from the grave. It's his everything. Uh, and we're going to two gatherings. And so, man, we just want you to be aware of that again. So 9 and 10.30 next Sunday here. Bring a, f- a friend, family member, coworker, anyone uh, that needs to hear about Jesus. It's a great opportunity uh, to share the love of Jesus Christ with them uh, because the, well, the message will be super clear. While we gather, is we, we gather because we have a risen Savior, and we want, we want people to know him. And so uh, 9 and 10.30 here Next week, we'd love, love for you to invite someone. Number two, we had a men's conference um, this, this Friday and Saturday, and it was awesome. The Mind of Christ, uh, if the men gathered as one church. The men of Argyle and Louisville uh, gathered and looked at what it means to put on the mind of Christ, how God has loved us, and then, therefore we should love other people and serve them. And part of that, as you came in, there was random boxes out there. Uh, those aren't just random boxes. Those are boxes that we, we packed. Uh, we had... An OPF event, if you don't know what that is, it's an other people-focused event uh, considering the mind of Christ, how do we serve people within this community and Up Ministries as a ministry in Argyle that really helps to seek and serve uh, some of the students uh, that, that don't have. Uh, that, so we got to pack some meals for them. We'll get to some more opportunities to serve with them. But that's what that is. We want to be not, <laughs> Jesus is a blessing to us. We want to be a blessing to others. And we want to have a culture, a mindset uh, of that to, to, ser- to serve others, and so that's why why that's out there. So uh, again, we'll be in John chapter twenty. We're going to be one through eighteen. Uh, this is an, our encounters with Christ series. If you haven't been for, here for this series, what we're doing is looking at uh, people that have experienced the risen Savior. So after Jesus has, has died, went in the tomb, and is raised, he has different experiences. Uh, with people, and all these different experiences look a little bit differently, and God meets people where they're, uh, where they're at through the resurrection. That resurrection can minister to you uh, in particular ways, and so we're going to be looking at Mary uh, this week. So we're going to look at uh, Mary uh, this week, and um, we'll just start in, in verse 1. Uh, it says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So we're going to stop right there. Um, so it tells us who, who Mary is, because there's lots of Marys in the Bible. It clarifies this is Mary Magdalene. Uh, Mary Magdalene, we know a lot about her, because in Luke chapter 8, um, she's kind of, I don't know how to say it, she's crazy Mary. Uh, she, she had several demons, seven demons that Jesus cast out. Uh, so God, uh, God saved her. Uh, from, from her demonic oppression. Uh, we know that she's from uh, Magdala, Magdala, which is an interesting city. Uh, you can think kind of modern-day uh, Las Vegas. What's, you know, what, what happened in Magdala stays in Magdala. Uh, it was a very resort city known for brothels, so a lot, a lot of people think that she was a prostitute um, just in her background. And, and so this is 
kind of some of the background uh, on, on Mary, and, and she uh, was saved by Jesus from this demonic oppression. Uh, if you've ever seen the first series of, of Chosen, which I know that's very popular, that, that's her, right? Um, and so it, um, she's had some real special experiences with Christ. Um, what's also said in Luke 8, which is interesting, is she was part of Jesus's ministry team. Uh, she, was, she, was the, she helped finance and serve uh, the, the, the ministry of Jesus Christ. So she had to be on a team Jesus or team not Jesus. She would certainly be on, hey, let's make Jesus known. Uh, she gave of our resources, her time, her energies to promote, uh, I would say, uh, G- Jesus' work. All right, so that's a little bit of background. This is who we're talking about. And this is resurrected. This is Resurrection Sunday, so the first day of the week. So Jesus, you know, has been crucified. He's been in the grave. And on Sunday, still dark, she, she saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now, super interesting. Um, the, 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 the tomb, uh, you know, the, the, the stone's been rolled away. Now, if you know your Bible, Jesus over and over and over and over again said he was going to do. He says, I'm going to die, and on the third day, I'm going to raise again, rise again. So, like, this is not, this should not take anyone by surprise. Uh, I'll, I'll point it out because he's about to go tell Peter and John. Uh, it says this in Matthew 16, 21. It'll be up on the screen. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to what? Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed on the third day and be raised. So, you, I mean, that's clear, right? What's going to happen? I'm going to die, and on the third day, I'm going to rise. He's telling Peter, he's telling John this, Mary's there. Like ever, He's told people over and over and over, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise. Now, let's go back to, to the text. <clears throat> Verse 2, so she ran and went to Simon Peter. Who know, he, he, we just said he knows that Jesus said, I'm going to die and rise from the grave. And the other disciple the one whom Jesus loved, that, that we, we, this is probably John uh, who's, who's writing the book. Uh, and he said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not where they, uh, they don't, and we do not know where they have laid him. So what's so interesting, Jesus over and over and over and over says, I'm gonna die and rise on, th- uh, rise on the third day. The first reaction is there's an empty tomb and, and what, what do they say? Someone has stolen the body. I just think that's interesting. We're going to take some notes of that. The, uh, we're going to look at this whole passage. This first part is that Jesus, I mean, that, that Mary missed it. The disciples missed it. Uh, and the, we probably miss, actually, uh, the resurrection if we're not careful. So he, he, he said, I'm going to die and rise on the third day. But their first conclusion is someone had taken the body. Verse 3, so Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I, I always like that for the detail in it, and we'll get to that here in a second, how, how that matters a little bit. But John's evidently faster than Peter. Uh, that had to be in the text because John, John wrote it, and he wanted people to know that he beat Peter to the tomb. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. So the linen cloth is what Jesus was, was buried in. That, that, that's his clothes. <clears throat> and the face cloth, listen, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up. So someone had folded it 
in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed, not believed in the resurrected Christ, but believed that the body was not there anymore, that someone indeed had stolen it, if you will, for as yet they did not, listen, for as yet they did not understand the scripture. Jesus continually told them, I'm going to die and rise from the grave. But they didn't understand it. They, they're seeing the empty tomb and they don't understand. They're looking they're looking at the, 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 the clothes of Jesus. And, I mean, and it says they stoop. They're probably looking as like, all right, if someone steals a body, why would you change their clothes? I'd have that question too. Like, why would you steal the body? But evidently, they stole the body and changed the clothes and left the old clothes behind, or they're, they're carrying around, you know, a naked body. And so they're, they're thinking like, this is odd. But they're coming to that conclusion over a resurrection, that's where they're at at this point, which is super interesting. Uh, for they had not understood the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. So what part of the scripture they did not get? That Jesus is going to rise from the dead. That is a key part. <laughs> it's, it's the everything part of the Christian faith. They did not understand it. Then listen to what James, I mean, uh, John and Peter did. Then the disciples went back to their homes. So, so they, they saw the empty tomb, they saw the clothes, they saw, you know, the face covering folded, and they, and, 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 and they left. They, they missed the resurrection. Didn't get it. Now, these are people who walked and talked with Jesus. Jesus told them, I'm going to do this. Jesus never said anything that did not come true, yet they missed the resurrection. That should bring a lot of curiosity into your head. Okay, now we'll keep going. Now, why did Mary miss the resurrection? Verse 11, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look in the tomb. So unlike Peter and John, she's refusing to leave. She's weeping at the tomb. Now, this tells you about something about her devotion to Jesus Christ. Uh, she would not leave I don't want you to hear this. She loved Jesus. She loved Jesus. She was devoted to Jesus. She was passionate about Jesus. She gave money towards his ministry. Why? Well, I mean, she was demonically oppressed, and this man brought her healing. She saw the miracles that Jesus did, stilling storms, feeding 5,000, part of the ministry team. This guy's a different dude, and she was passionate about his teaching, devoted to Jesus. Huge impact on Mary's life. She was broken. Jesus put her back together, and she was devoted to him, and she refused to leave, and she was looking for his body. Now, what I'm about to, sh to show you is, is it, the message of the resurrection is so clear. And I want you, Mary just blows through all the messaging. Like, she just is not listening to the truth and the key part of, of the resurrection. She's also witnessed the clothes that are still there. She's witnessed the folded face cloth. She's witnessed this. So that's the first sign. There, there's clothes there. That, that should be a data point. Where, where, why are the clothes here? Why is this folded? The other thing that we see here that she just kind of blows through the messaging, we'll pick up in verse 12. And she saw two angels in white, uh, uh, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said, 
She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, this is the sec- second, just kind of blowing through the messaging uh, that God's doing with Mary right now. You got the cloth, you got the empty tomb, you got angels. She's seeing angels now. How, how often do you see angels? I mean, right? She's seeing angels in white sitting on the tomb. And she's not, hey, you probably have a message for me, right? Like, <laughs> angels are messengers from God. She didn't ask about a message. She's still like, where is the body? Where's the body at? She's still thinking what? Not resurrection. I mean, isn't that, isn't that curious? Almost every time an angel is seen in Scripture, you know what people do? They fall down. Here, she's not even considering anything supernatural, but someone stole the body. Please tell me where, where he is at. Blowing through the signs that he is risen. This is Mary. She knows that Jesus said he was going to do this. Verse 14, it gets even even more interesting. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Verse 14, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. (laughs) She saw Jesus standing. That's right. That's the resurrected Savior. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. She's talking to Jesus and still missing the resurrection. That's interesting. Now, my question is, how can this be? How could could Peter... You know, he, he made the great profession of faith that, 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 that God was going to build the church on Jesus' profession, uh, or Peter's profession, that, that he is the Son of God. How, how could John, whom Jesus loved, miss it? How is Mary missing it? Why, why is this? Because we, we, we don't seek, we seek Jesus in our natural mind. No one draws near to Jesus in a resurrected way, in a supernatural way. We, we don't do this. Um, we miss the resurrection. You, so I'm gonna say it this way. If Mary's missing the resurrection, if Peter's missing the resurrection, John's missing the resurrection, could you be missing the resurrection? Now, why is this? Why is this? A lot of us draw near to Jesus because of Mary, like how Mary is right now. We're devoted to him. We love him. We're like, man, he is a really good teacher. He's a really good teacher. He has changed my life. He speaks of authority and wisdom, and he gives me insight to my life. And so they're drawing near to him as a really good teacher. You may be drawing near to Jesus as a miracle worker. I mean, if you talk to if you talk to, to to Mary, he's like, no, he he's different. I was I was in a bad place, broken. I was possessed. Now I'm free. I saw him do miraculous things. You may be drawing near to him as a a miracle worker, or you could be like he's a very godly man. I hung around with him. He was kind. He was gentle. Uh, I don't I don't think I saw him sin. 
He seemed to be very near to God. Mary, Mary was drawing near to him, not as a resurrected Savior. She was drawing near to him as a good rabbi, a good teacher, a godly man, even a miracle worker. Now, here's, here's something that we're going to have to wrap our heads around because we live in a very church, at least a churched area. We've grown, some of us have grown up in church that we assume the gospel, we assume we get it. Um, Romans 3.10 and 11 says this. As it is written, listen, 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 no one is righteous. Are you righteous on your own? No, you're not. That's what the scripture just said. No, not one. And listen, no one understands. No one understands. No one seeks for God. And you're like, whoa, 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 Scott. I seek for God. I've gone to church. I've done, you know, I've, I've done the things. I read my Bible. What it says is no one, no one seeks for God. And what that doesn't mean is that Mary's devoted God. She ran to the tomb. She was seeking God. But no one seeks God as a resurrected king. No one comes to him that. This is unnatural. Not one person thinks this way. This is the spirit of God that reveals it to you. Now, Mary... Mary doesn't get it, but listen to verse, uh, verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. I mean, if this isn't the most stunning. Jesus said to her, Mary. She doesn't see it at all. Then she hears his voice. He calls her name. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. She recognized his voice. See, here's my point. We don't draw near to God as a resurrected king. Why? Because the resurrection makes no sense. We don't have the the capacity to do so. And listen, until God calls our name, until God calls our name, he reveals himself to us. He he tells us resurrection is real, that he gives us faith, as we just sang. Because... Mary was, was she looking for a dead body? That's not, Jesus is a resurrected king. Now, this is a game changer. Like, without resurrection, we gather for nothing. We'll get into that next week. But Jesus, coming to him as a resurrected savior and king, is the ultimate remedy. He is everything in our life. Can you imagine seeing what Mary saw in hearing her name. (laughs) This guy had been crucified, buried, and now she's looking at a resurrected Savior saying, what in the world is going on? This man had defeated death. This changes everything. In medical news, if they find a remedy for cancer, it's like, ah, this is a big deal. This is the biggest deal. Jesus has defeated sin, Satan, and death. This is everything. And he wants to bring this this resurrection into your life. See, so many of us think Christianity is about following rules or being good people. No, it's about a resurrected Savior. It's about Jesus drawing near to us. It's not, it's not, it's not about what we do for him. It's not trying to be a better person or clean ourselves up. It's about looking at the life, death, burial, and resurrection and hearing 
hearing God saying, I did this for you. I did this for you. Um, you are, when, when Mary's looking at Jesus, he's, she, I hope for a moment, I hope that for you for a moment, she's saying, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. If Jesus has rose from the grave, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you're more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have a resurrected king. That's powerful. My question, have you experienced the resurrection? Have you experienced the centrality of our faith? Like it's not, you, be, you could be coming, but, but you don't see the, the beauty of the resurrected Savior. You don't get Christianity at all. Not one bit. See, Jesus conquered sin, Satan, and death by rising from the grave. Then he calls your name to experience that resurrected power. That's why, I mean, I've shared my story a lot. I mean, I grew up in church. I knew the Bible. I knew all the stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I get it. I understand. I heard it. But I had no resurrection power. I had no idea in the life in Jesus Christ. Could that be you? Could you be so familiar with the story that you've never experienced the resurrected Christ? This, this is here for a reason. So you would actually think about that for yourself. Now, he whispers Mary, Mary's name. He calls out, she calls out Rabbi. Now, the, the, the second thing I want to look at is, is why is Mary missing it? Why is everyone missing it? Are you missing it? Have you seen the centrality of the resurrection? Has Jesus called your name? Number two, why Mary? This is a question I think we need to ask at the test. Why? Why Mary? Why is Mary, the, she's the first convert, if you will, the first, first church member. That's Mary, right? Now, um, this is an odd person to, to, to start the church with. Uh, I just said she was a little crazy, at least known by crazy by a lot of people. Um, she had some, at least some history uh, of, of seemingly mental health in their past. Uh, she was a woman. During that time, women were not well thought of in a sense of authoritative uh, in a, a reliable in testimony. So this would be an odd choice if their testimony couldn't hold up in, in court. She didn't have a good reputation. Um, you know, why, why Mary? Well, because it's true. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the number one. It's true. In verse 18, she says, I've seen the Lord. And then it goes into saying, man, all these historical accounts that, that she saw the empty tomb, she went to, 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 to John and Peter, and, she, they, you know, there's two angels. It's very detailed. The, the reason why, and it, it, uh, you know, why Mary? Well, God in his sovereign choice, that's, that's what he did. Uh, here, here's also the nuance I want you to see why I think God chose Mary to start the church with. It's a very clear who Jesus comes for. He comes for the Marys. You, need, you will not become a Christian or understand the resurrected power until you under, understand this true. He didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous because what? There is no one righteous. He came for what? For the unrighteous. He came for Mary, the hurting, the broken, the sick, the crazy. The crazy. Luke 7, verse 47 says it this way. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. 
if you truly understand the gospel and you understand that you're just like Mary, that, you, that you're a little crazy, that you're a sinner, that you're not righteous, you will love greatly. There'll be, there'll, you'll be overwhelmed by grace. There'll be, there will be tears. There will be tears. Why? Because how could God love a wretch like you? That's not an ethereal statement that, that you have to comprehend. How could a holy, righteous God who knows you, knows your motives, knows your past, love you? It's a great question. It's, an, it's amazing grace. It, you, you should have joy. You should have joy if you understand that you're married. And listen, you will be used by God to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ if you understand you're married. You will. Why? Because you'll be a pointer to the one who's brought grace into your life. See, I believe he starts with Mary because what Jesus is saying is I come for the who's who's of who's not. If you think you're something, he didn't come for you. You don't get it. He came for the people who know they don't get it. Then the broken, the hurting. See, the church has made Christianity to something that's not. Not about a resurrected king, a resurrected savior, but a good moral teacher. That is absolutely what it's not about. But if that's what you think, you think people, if they just be like you, if you think that, you don't get it. All right? Because you're not part of the cure, you're part of the problem, uh, to, to, to Coldplay. That's something we do in our household all the time. My, my boys were talking, and we're talking about Jesus and salvation and eternity, and, 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 and Deacon, who's eight, he's like, man, you know, Jesus came for the good people, and then Joshua turns around, he's like, there are no good people. And I'm like, that boy, Joshua, there are no good people. Have you wrapped your head, head around that truth? Have you experienced that truth. I, I, I get nervous for a lot of the people in this room that just go to church because you don't see yourself as Mary, and that breaks my heart. And my job is to show you that you're a sinner who needs grace, that you are just like Mary. Grace is, feel, not, no, grace is not for the undeserved. It's for the ill-deserved. You deserve the wrath of God. You deserve the judgment of God. But in God's grace, because of Jesus Christ, you get his love and acceptance. It's only earned by Jesus Christ. He came not for the well. He came for the sick. He came for the Marys in the world. This is, a, this is, this is what re- resurrection is all about. It's what it's about. Have you been moved, moved to joy as you looked as a resurrected Christ? Have you been moved to tears? Have you been moved? Have, have you been used by God to bring that grace into people's life? That's about resurrection. That's about resurrection. And some of you are like, well, I'm not married. Well, maybe you're not. But the truth is, you can understand that you're not that different than Mary. You may sin differently, but you're just like Mary. I'm just like Mary. I said, we're, we're, we're a hospital of sinners finding the hope in the resurrected Christ. That's what we're doing here this morning. This is the message we bring to the world. Our message is not be good like me. I think that's what a lot of church people think. No, 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 no. The message is all about next week. It's a, we serve a resurrected king who came for me and you. That's the message 
of Christianity. It's the message that God wants to bring into your life this morning. Now, the last thing I would say is why Mary? He wants you to see who is the message for? Hey, can you wrap your head around that? Have you experienced that? Um, verse three is super interesting. It, it, um, or point three is why does Jesus say, do not cling to me? Now, you see Mary's refusing to leave. She's refusing to leave. He calls her name. Jesus said to her, Mary, in that moment, she's like, you're alive. You did what you said. The Spirit of God revealed to her that not a good teacher, but a resurrected Savior. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, uh, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, listen, Jesus said to her, do uh, do not cling to me. Now, this is interesting. Mary is devoted to him, won't leave him, wants to hold on to him. What's that all about? That's about intimacy. I say, I want you, Jesus. I will not let you go. And what does he say? You're going to have to let me go. And that, what, why would he do that? Um, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Now, that, that's interesting. What we want more than anything in life is intimacy. Intimacy. Um, we all crave it. You know, when my kids get scared, you know, you know what they want to do? They want to be in my bed. Uh, know Why? Because they, they're scared. They want intimacy. They want someone to be with them. Um, a lot of us are facing things that we're very afraid of all the time. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, I know you're suffering in some way because I talk, I talk to people and everyone is. Um, the beautiful thing here is what I think some of us are like trying to muster up our strength to cling to Jesus. And here Jesus is saying, man, my, my God is going to be your God because of resurrection. So my dad is going to be your dad. Now, when he ascends, he sends the Spirit of God into us. And so what it's saying here is... I think the message of Christianity is like, you got to keep the faith, got to keep the faith, you got to hold on. See, he's teaching Mary that he's going to ascend and sit his spirit, that it's not about her strength or how she is going to hold on to him, but listen, how he's going to hold on to her, that he's going to be the strength, that he's going to walk with her. Through, the, through the, the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to forsake you. I will never leave you. I'm going to be in you. This is powerful. God in you. He is nearer to, your, he is nearer to you than your breath because of resurrection. You know how powerful that is? That no matter what, he will walk with you and never forsake you nor leave you. That intimacy is not external but internal by the Spirit of God. That's resurrection. He wants you to know that he will never let go of you. You're in the grips of his grace. Now, if you'll let it, that'll be everything to you as you face this world. Know why? I love my wife and I want her right next to me all the time. 
One day she won't be. Same thing with my kids. I want to be with my kids. One day I won't be able to. Um, you could roll that out to any illustration. But God, God will be. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because of resurrection. It says that when Jesus is in, he's at the Father's side. He's interceding for us, and the Spirit of God is in us, and we, are, we, we have communion with God. And it's a promise of resurrection as well. We'll get to, a little bit into that next week. Because of the death of Christ and ascension, that, 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 that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. The Spirit of God actually will bring us just into the very presence of the Lord. This is what he's offering to her. He says, don't cling to me. What I'm actually going to bring to you is stronger and better, which is life. God comes into us. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us receive this truth, respond to this truth. I pray that we would even consider, do we know the resurrected king? Do we know the resurrected king, God? I pray that we can be so familiar with the stories, so familiar with the Bible, that we miss the resurrection, which is everything. That he came, he lived, and he literally defeated death and rose again to give life to us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you call people's name as you call Mary's name. Say, I did this for you. I'm your resurrected king. I'm your resurrected savior. And the spirit of God would overwhelm us this morning. It's not about how, how, how hard we try to hold on to you, but it's you're holding on to us, that you're gonna walk with us, you're going to heal us, that you will bring redemption through our brokenness, redemption in our suffering, resurrection. The people who get grace is the people that understand there are no, none righteous. The people that can identify their Marys. And the good news about admitting our imperfections is that we have a perfect risen Savior that stands to save, that stands to secure. Help us behold him this morning. I ask that in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.